Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you today, Robert? Today, Russell, I feel like I'm being held in someone's arms. Not and mine. I feel really sort of safe and comforted and That wouldn't be my arms. Cozy. No, definitely not me. Not your arms. <laughs> Actually I'm kind of relieved about that. I'm not sure I want to be hugged by you. Yeah. Um I also feel very sort of like I'm at home because guess what? Guess where we are? We are in Margate. Margate But we're also Which at is my home. Your gallery. We're at my gallery. And today we are here to meet the most amazing curator. Have we, have we ever actually done artist. an interview in this space. We did the one show for BBC. No, but a, a, a talk art, I mean. I don't think so. I don't think so we've this ever... Isn't this isn't exclusive. <laughs> we've come to Robert's gallery. We've actually Carl Friedman's gallery. But yeah, we are kind of partners. And we are here. We've already met today's guest on a previous episode, but they were with another artist Twice at the time. Twice we've met this guest. Oh yeah, actually for Gucci as well, yeah. didn't we? Oh yeah. And we met we met on our podcast with Joy Yamasanji at a space in Hornsey Road called Home, mm-hmm. which is my reference to while I, which is while in I North felt London. at home. Yes. Um, why I felt at home. And um, we're now at the beginning of an exhibition which you haven't seen. No. I've actually been helping to sort of organise behind the scenes, but it's all the vision of today's guest. She's an extraordinary curator. She's also a kind of ally to so many artists and has helped them to sort of have the confidence to actually continue their practices and Mm. push them forward. And I just Mm. love everything that she does. She's also a photographer, an artist and filmmaker in her own right Mm -hmm. and just an amazing collaborator. And this show, talking about collaboration, is a collaboration with BMW. The show is called To Be Held. It's curated by Rona McKenzie, who we're about to introduce and it runs from the 30th of April until the 25th of June 2023 and the best bit is it's free to get into so you can come down to Margate have the most amazing sunny trip because I feel like this spring summer is going to be good in England and you can come and just have a (laughs) joyous experience there are 19 artists and three furniture designers so it's a huge show and it's it's something you will have never seen before so please come and see it we would like to welcome to talk art Ronan McKenzie. Hi, Ronan. Hi, what an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ronan was actually like giggling in the background because we're so ridiculous. I, like... You were the one who's talking. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I am so ridiculous. Ronan, this is amazing. So I have not been into the exhibition yet because yeah. I'm saving it for this moment, mm-hmm. but you're proud of what you've achieved, right? I'm so proud. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to really just have a free-for-all and be given attention, time, care, and the most collaborative experience in curating an exhibition in another space that's not my own space. So much support, just been let loose to do absolutely whatever I want and been supported in that. And I'm so proud with what we've put together collectively. And it's really just quite incredible. As I was saying to you before we started this, it's really just quite spectacular and I'm really proud of myself and everyone involved in putting it together and all the artists who have trusted me with their work and allowed me to bring that into my vision. And it's it's just really great. That's so nice. How long has this been in the making? How long have you been planning this? Well, I think we started talking about it just after you came to home, which was beginning of 2021. It was the first, I mean, To be honest, I was really surprised when you came to home and brought Carl and saw it and experienced it. And you guys came and we did the podcast with Joy. And from then you said, I'd love to do something with you at Carl Friedman. And it took a little while to kind of just 
for us to be on the same time span. And I was obviously building home and had so much focus on that and also continuing my own practice and just getting by. And so I think we really started working on it, I'd say sort of middle of last year-ish which is when all the ideas came together and we started working on it properly. Yeah, it feels like for, from from the kind of initial idea for the show, which Ronan had really early on, yeah. um, it's been a kind of year. Yeah. And it seems so far away, but now it's suddenly yeah, I know. here. I can't it's believe just, it's here. I can't either. I'm actually getting like goosebumps. It's kind of mad. I mean? Yeah. Also, I think just, sorry, just having seen you only seeing home and only really seeing one show before you were like, we trust you is such an an amazing thing for me to be able to have you and Carl's support and just... You know, it's, it's so rare that somebody just fully is like, yeah, I've only seen one thing you've done, but I trust you and yeah. I really believe in you. You know what it was, your energy, though, I think. Also, Carl walked in the space in home and I told him about Joy and I told him about you and your film you'd made together and that we were going to do talk art. And he walked in the room and he was immediately like, who has curated this? Who has chosen the frames? Who has hung them on the wall? Because everything <laughs> you had done, though, mm. like the input you he he recognised. And he actually said to me that it was the first time in like 20 years or something like that, that he'd seen someone be so clear with their curatorial vision and he thought it was so kind of like elegantly done and cool and like minimal as well because Carl's quite a minimalist actually and even though your aesthetics are very different because I yeah. mean we'll find out in this show as you'll <laughs> see in a minute but um he saw something in yeah. in common with you I think in the way that you you're very particular about your choices and yeah. confident in those choices yeah I think we from what I know of Carl and what I've learned in the last year I think we have quite similar approaches in knowing what we like as you said and really backing ourselves in that and I think he trusted me and you've both trusted me to just do what we do and even though my style and I would say my aesthetic is quite varied there's such a huge range of artwork in here but there's something really grounding that's I guess my um, sensibility that ties it all together so even though there's textures and work that you might not necessarily think pair I think there's just a flow about the way that I work which is super intuitive and I think it's probably because I don't I've never even saw myself entering the art world I didn't study curation I don't know anything about art history other than what I've taught myself in the last years it's all kind of just come from a heart place and I think instincts yeah, exactly. Really just following my gut at all times and seeing what feels right, even when we were doing the installation today and yesterday, just seeing what feels like it should be there, especially things at different heights or things paired next to each other. And I think my curatorial practice has always in included intergenerational artists, uh, new artists with established artists. And I think like those balancing those out in a space is something that I don't think you can really be taught. It's just sort of you just do what you feel and I just do what I feel. I also feel like you are very aligned with Talk Art's vision, with Carl's vision of trying to make art accessible yeah, for all absolutely. people, for like older people, for younger people, people yeah. who might have never gone to a private gallery before. Yeah. Yeah. And the it's idea this is like a free yeah. show. I mean, there's people trying to come in right now. That you can't come in yet. People um, snuck in earlier. You people, know, they weren't, from the, really? um, they weren't from the group. They just snuck yeah, in. Yeah, because we've just had a group from the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art come. We had about 30 or 40 patrons um, from the States come Someone's over and they, they got to see the, the final installation because the show is literally having the final touches put to it right yeah. now we're in the entrance hall and there's actually a tea towel which is going to be for sale yeah. um, at cost so it's super affordable and it's been designed by one of the artists in the show Toby yeah. Cato mm -hmm. and there's also a screen printed poster because every exhibition we do here in Margate we make a poster upstairs in our print studios so it's a kind of very circular thing and the tea towel was printed upstairs too mm -hmm. can you talk a bit about this image and why this image yeah so Toby Cato is an artist I've known for a little while and he's the younger sibling of Jazz 
Grant, who's another incredible artist. Yeah, I loved him. And that's how I found his work first. Um, I showed some of his work previously at home in our On Love show that actually Joy and I curated together. And I just always loved his sensibility and wanted to have some of his work in this show. But we wanted to create something for the poster and kind of surrounding you know, merch and things like that, that was adjacent to the show, but didn't highlight just one artist. Because I think when you come into a group show or when I see a group show, I want it to be... I don't want to favor or pick my favorite artwork. So it was really special that Toby was able to create something specifically for this. Like a unique image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, so this, the original kind of idea for what's on the poster was an artwork that he had just shown me earlier, well, towards the end of last year and didn't end up being part of the selection that I made for the show, but I really loved it. And so he kind of adapted it um, to something that could be used for a poster. And then actually I think it was Carl that put it into the neutral tone. So it was quite a collaborative process and I'm really grateful to Toby for sharing his work with us for it to be in this way. Cause it's, it really, without being part of the show, it really celebrates what the show is. And I think when you look at it, you understand, but there's enough ambiguity for you to kind of project onto it and take what you want to from it, which is really special. Can yeah. you um, explain what home is? Because some people listening might think it's your home where yeah, you no, put an no. exhibition <laughs> and what is home? People did often think I lived there, which no, not trying to do that. But um, home is a, well, now it's really a concept. It was originally a physical gallery space in North London that was always supposed to be a concept that transformed with one's needs and what we needed from it. It was a place to celebrate BIPOC artists primarily and for somewhere that was accessible, somewhere where there's a beautiful library of books and literature by, you know, where can you really go and sit down and flick through nice art books at your absolute like liberation, however much time you want to spend there and also have really great exhibitions. So I had the physical space for two years and closed in December just because it's really, 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 really expensive and really hard to upkeep an art space. And I didn't start it by really wanting to sell artwork and all of that. It was mm. more just, I don't know anything about art. It was a project, just, yeah, it was like an experiment. It was, exactly, it was yeah. something that just came from my heart and I wanted to make space and I used money I'd made from photography to open it. And we had over 10 amazing exhibitions. There were so many incredible artists. Like we showed people who have never shown before and we showed Claudette Johnson. We showed yeah, like yeah, Joy's yeah, work, my work. Yeah. You know, we showed so much different types of work as well. And um, it was really special. And now that we've closed the physical space, it's just given more space to transform and collaborate. So it's not over, it's just transforming and it will continue to, which is really exciting. And if anything, I feel like this is the best part now because I think you're free to like fly yeah, more. Definitely. And you've just done an amazing installation at the Royal Academy in central yeah. London in the Burlington um, kind of garden side. Yeah. And you've also done like a V&A late. Yeah. And you're doing these yeah. very kind of like big platformed kind of events and exhibitions where even more people can access what your ideas are. It's yeah. bougie. Well, the FT, <laughs> the FT called it the Ronan I know, Empire. That was mad. Which the I Ronan think, Empire. Which I think is genius. Quite can you incredible. just explain what BIPOC is for people listening? Yeah, uh, black and indigenous people of colour. Yeah, and actually right. this show has 19 artists, which is probably the most we've ever had in a show in this gallery, I think, genuinely. Yeah. And um, oh my God. there are, <laughs> is it 15 British artists? We've got 15 British artists, oh four American yeah. artists, and three furniture designers. I yeah. feel a bit emotional. I've seen this base. I feel a bit emotional. It's so weird. I've seen yeah. this space like 10 times with exhibitions, probably even more, right? Yeah. I've never seen it look like this. Yeah. This is unbelievable. We're still putting the finishing touches. Well, when you come in, it's got... The clay walls were so symbolic of home and the clay walls were such a significant part of the space that I created. And so being able to essentially create the feeling of warmth in here that I had at my own space, I think was the fact that... Carl, Rob, we guys were open to transforming the space to make it contextualize and house the work in the way that I would imagine them has been such a special thing. And I think that's probably what 
jumps out of you straight away when you come in and firstly the gallery's carpeted and it's got these beautiful beige textured walls which we had scenic painters in working on them um for like pretty much a week <laughs> and it was such a task and they had to ronan chose all the color i remember you that's the other thing i'm so impressed by working with you is how decisive you are and how clear you are you have this like strange clarity carl keeps talking about it to me it's like i've never worked with anyone like that who you, you just literally make a decision so you you know exactly what it is you yeah. visualize and you were like, I want this shade. You had you've the Pantone color. It was like a putty yeah. color, and like everything was so brilliant. And the scenic yeah. painters, yeah, incredible. What's his name? So Tobias is a set designer and an artist that I work with on photo sets primarily. But I've created these textured walls before for backdrops for shoots. And when we were trying to think about how can we actually get this clay texture into the gallery, but obviously it's probably got to be painted to white or another color afterwards. Mm. Um, I thought maybe Tobias can paint something for us. So he came in with his team and and did the whole gallery, which has such an impact and to be honest color is a really big uh point of focus for me and it really helps how with how i curate and how i guide three people through spaces and through the space so you'll see as we move through the rooms how the colors transition and change and the links between certain pieces um, and the impact that certain pieces have and actually, I remember when you came to my home here in Margate and it's all painted in lime wash and lime mm. paint and you said, oh my God, can we do yeah. something like that? Yeah. And the effect they've created looks yeah, yeah. like lime, but if we'd actually used lime, it would have been impossible to reverse. Yeah. So we oh, couldn't, really? it would, well, it wouldn't have been impossible, but it would have cost yeah, a lot right, of money right, right. to like yeah. take off the walls. You'd almost like have to sand down the wall to the yeah. original wall or something. It was really complicated. Whereas now it's like water soluble paint essentially. So you can just paint straight yeah. over it. It's amazing, but it looks like lime. Yeah. So this room we're in now, mm -hmm. uh, I can see two paintings by Joy Yamasanji, mm -hmm. which are incredible, two hanging uh, material works, I guess. They're painted on material. I think they're on canvas. canvas on canvas, yeah. But, yeah. but hanging, like unstretched canvas. Mm -hmm. And then there's a series of photographs here mm -hmm. on the left. By Adam Ajalo. I mean, they are amazing. The framing on that, they look historical. This they're is a contemporary artist. Contemporary, yeah. She's around my age, late 20s, early 30s. Wow. Yeah. And, and she's shot a lot for... Um, uh, Vogue in recent years. She's had like front covers mm -hmm. in the kind of Edward Enningful kind of era. And I just think the thing that I'm so struck by is I knew the photography through the magazines, but these are like high well, I was art. introduced to Adam's work years ago. We've known each other for years. The actual, the second piece in the series I bought from her years, maybe five, six years ago. We've wow. always supported each other. Um, she's Sierra Leonean British photographer um, from South London. And what I first discovered about her was her documentary work. So just going around London and taking pictures of, well, really contemporary documentation of London. And it was something that struck me straight away, being able to see kind of streets I walk around represented in such a beautiful, stylized, gorgeous way. And the characters and the people in them are so celebrated always. But her practice is really expansive because she's done a lot of portraiture, a lot of documentary-based portraiture and kind of news sort of portraiture as well. And she has her fashion work and a lot of really personal works as well, um, including you know, themes of faith and, and the home and things like that. And the series, this series that I curated was because I wanted it to show the depth of her practice. Um, this beautiful first image of the dove flying off yeah, and then stunning. the last one in the series, yeah. which is more of a fashion portrait, which looks into the second room. So the way that I lay out the space is what are you seeing when you come through and how are you being guided through the space? It's like an energy. Absolute, you're really so channeling an energy into this. Totally. Like you're saying that that face is taking you into that room. Exactly. And, and the first thing you see when you come in the gallery doors are Anna Afoti's work, which have these Amazing. incredible pink eyes. And when you're at the other end of the gallery, where you see the sculptural furniture piece right at the end, when you're at the mm. other end looking back, you have that eye contact straight away. 
And so it's really purposeful where everything's placed. Also when you, again, when you're stepping in, you see the eye contact, you see this incredible sculptural piece by Matt Collins, who's an amazing artist, furniture designer, multidisciplinary. And the text that you read from one of Joy's pieces says, I don't want my life to be retold in a way that isn't mine. Will you remember me? And that's kind of the first thing I want people to read. It's like introducing this theme of how important our storytelling is and how important our work and our history is being told in a way and in a context that is true to us and true to our lives, which the balance in this space of the, the, this room is really kind of introducing you to that theme and hopefully grabbing you straight away. Totally. Have you known most of these artists for many years or are some of them very new to you? Yeah, so Adam I've known for many years. Joy's obviously one of my absolute you know besties I'm just could go on for hours about how much I love Joy and their work and <laughs> we love you Joy um, <laughs> yes. Joy is just incredible and actually these two pieces were made for their recent show at Tiwani uh, which is called Remember Me but the one on the left wasn't in the show so that's never been seen before so Joy is just a, a old time bestie my dad just loved them so much um, Anan I first saw his work maybe two years ago and actually on a commercial project um, I was doing for Tommy Hilfiger, I did photographs and they wanted to get this big painted mural, uh, both I think in London and in New York. And they asked me for artists that I'd love to work with to recreate one of my images. And so Anand did that painting. So I've only known him for a couple of years. We've never actually met, but I've been a big fan of his work. These familial home scenes that he creates with this really, for me, quite futuristic, but mm. also traditional mm. colors and textures. And I think there's the thickness of the paint that he uses and all the texture that you see really drew me to them. Um, and then Mac, it's I so became- It's quite alien about them, isn't it? Yeah. As well, the, that color purple and everything it looks like. It's also, yeah. the thing I love about them is how contemporary they are because yeah. they've got like smartphones. Yeah, yeah. There's even like maybe a mask on the, on the or something there on the on the couch. Like, and the texture, because we, 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 we yeah. used one of these images, the one on the right for the website to announce the show. Oh, yeah. But I didn't realize yeah, it had that texture. kind of wallpapered texture in yeah, the background. Collage, yeah. And the actual painterly depth of these paintings yeah. is extraordinary. I, and they were shown recently in New York and um, Anan is actually based in Oxford in the UK but instead of getting them from Oxford we had to get them all the way <laughs> from New York and they were unstretched in the New York um, presentation and then we we had them stretched onto uh, stretcher bars so now they're like you know they look like more traditional paintings but I just think they're totally breathtaking I've never yeah. seen anything like it I love the hands as well yeah so working with a brand like BMW when you're trying to realize an exhibition like this does that help what, yeah. do, what do they bring to it and how much pressure do they put on you to kind of create something that they're really happy with or that they let well, you go? Well, to be honest, BMW, I became in conversation with about a year ago through Rob and they've been super supportive of my practice and my approach. And I think it's because we genuinely have a lot of links in terms of texture, interior, design, thinking about space, thinking about how certain spaces take us on different journeys. Of course, being in the car, that's its own thing. And so I think this idea of the atmosphere impacting how we feel and how then in turn, how we feel impacting our environments and the people around us mm. was quite a natural link. So the collaboration felt really, really poignant and really organic. And they've been super supportive as well of the whole vision and just really got behind it and wanted to champion and wanted to support and wanted to be part. So that's been amazing. We love working with BMW. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> having worked with this exhibition with them, I found it to be 
they are incredibly generous, but they want to share the platform and eyes mm. they have. So like, you know, they have millions of, of people who buy cars around the world. They, and, and they want to bring that kind of artistic joy into those um, drivers' lives in a way. And, uh, and, and in a way, they're super hands-off. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they're not demanding in of anything. Way, in I the think. best way, In the best way. They, they, they understand and trust, like Ronan in this case. And I remember when I introduced you to them, and that was because I felt like you were an in- innovator and that you were doing something much needed in society, in mm, art, in culture, mm. across different disciplines, because you obviously designed yeah. through Selassie. And um, that was my initial thought, was your Selassie collection, which had these incredible, which we'll see later on in the show, actually. Have you but, got your work in this show? Um, uh, the chair yeah. was... That's yours? Yeah, yeah oh, at the end, you'll see it, yeah, and also a film. Yeah. Um, but there was this keloid scarring theme. Knitwear, in, in yeah. Knitwear, it was kind of wool That's knitwear. And I remember saying to Hedwig, like, this designer is, like an artist and yeah. a fashion designer and a curator and all these things you have to collaborate yeah. and it was just so brilliant they and just... having com- like the links they made having being able to have conversations with designers who designed the interior of the i7 and talking about texture color form experience i think we just really aligned on a lot of the vision and a lot of the like kind of messaging and conversation that i want to have in this show is really natural to bmw's approach so it just felt like a really expansive conversation and continued continually really expansive conversations which is what i like i think the show is really about inviting people to converse and discuss and participate and so it's all really just about sharing an experience and hearing each other's each other's thoughts in hope that that just brings a bit of joy or a bit of intrigue or a bit of inspiration i think it's fascinating and and the title of this show to be held Mm -hmm. where did that come from how long have you been sitting with that title see i don't really sit on titles so much. I oh. kind of just go with what's natural. <laughs> We're going into the second room now. Oh so basically the first room is a bit like a gallery in London. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that would yeah. be the size of a gallery oh, in London. Oh, yeah, and yeah, now you go into another room. Yeah, it's, it's like wow. so huge, the show. Yeah, they're incredible, aren't they? So we're now looking at three sculptures, um, and there's also a few pictures in here, photographs and, and paintings. Charlotte Olalodi, I recognise. Yeah, Charlotte Olalodi. We've got I know their work. a New York-based painter, Alvin Armstrong. We're gonna. That's have, amazing. That will go up this structure, um, which is a scent by Ezra Lloyd Jackson. Yeah, we have perfume as a work in the show. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I, Ezra I Lloyd Jackson. Jackson. Well, hang yeah. on, just let's go back to the title. <laughs> the title <laughs> there. So you don't really sit on a title. I'm just gonna kind of just pick something that feels like it's appropriate and go with it. I think generally I'm like kind of you were saying earlier, I'm quite sure of what, when something feels good. So Mm. the whole idea of the show was about tenderness, caring for one another um, and just being held. How can a space hold us? And so to be held, the, the show title invites us to be held and to think about when do we actually feel that sense of care and community and connectivity Mm. and when do we really feel supported i think it's so much about it's obviously the tactile aspect of it which links to a lot of the textures in the show but it's also just where do we feel we can have comfortable conversations and just be ourselves and that's acceptable and accepted and i think to be held just encompasses the journey of that and also it's it's kind of open-ended you kind of say to be held and then the next thing is someone will think okay what does that really mean or Mm. what does that mean for me and I want to take people on that journey or open that up for them. I like the word journey and to be held. That works well with BMW as well. Yeah. Like to, go, you know, to be held <laughs> in that car seat and go yeah, on that absolutely. journey. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah, we'll talk about that later because we're, we're actually going to speak to one of the i7 designers, Karina, and we're going to find out more about how the design of the car is actually about yeah. the passenger being held, being held or the driver. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So um, 15 artists in this show of the 19 are from the UK. Mm-hmm. This artist you were just mentioning, who's based in... He's from New York, or based in New York, and he's American. This painting's phenomenal. 
It's so interesting. He's someone I discovered, do you know what? I think actually through like, and it's nice that article maybe in 2020 and I've been following his work and I remember DMing him back in, must be 2020, 2021 and just saying, love your work. I think often I'll just DM artists and same with Nastasha actually, who's got work in the next room. Um, I do the same. Yeah, just yeah, to say, yeah. love it. Great, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and he was like, really Keep like what going. you're doing too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just love the way that he, they're so full of energy for me. Like you can feel it, they jump off the page and I feel touched by them. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's the, the approach to the way he paints or the facial expressions or what, but there's like a wisdom in this piece. And there's also a sense of calm, but also so much story um, that, that I just love about it. And the, t the title of this work is I Know a Prince on Green Avenue. And Green Avenue is spelled G-R-E-E-N-E. -E. Yeah, so like it's obviously mm. a, a location. And I love the fact that he looks almost like he's having a happy memory. And yeah, he's almost yeah. like chuckling to himself. Well, or something behind he looks like a kind well, of wise, like a memory behind. Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. A wise kind of person from the community or something. Is he always figurative as well, the artist? Yeah, exactly. And he actually only came to painting in the last few years. And so I think it's so confident the way that he works and it feels like it really comes straight from the soul because it's not somebody who's labored and labored and labored over a practice for a really long time it's somebody who's come to it with a kind of instinctive again sense of direction and yeah. i think that really comes through and also he's he's self-taught and he has this kind of urgency like some kind of need to heal through painting mm. i think right, that's how he? i feel it that's why i feel Mid -30s. like the 30s I feel like each brush stroke is so sensitive. This is really good. Yeah. So we, we, what we're looking at, everybody listening is pretty frustrated, is, is <laughs> like an older guy, his eyes are closed or he's looking down. He's slightly hunched forward as if having a memory or trying mm. to recall, memorize something. Mm. Um, and it's, it's larger than life. I guess it's six foot, is it, would you say, the canvas? Yeah, yeah, definitely. With like a blue background, but it's incredibly, incredibly moving. And this whole room moving. is blue and oh, blues. Yeah. And I think that in itself creates an atmosphere. Definitely, and, yeah. Because yeah. the first room when you walk in, alongside the kind of clay textured walls, is um, it was more like lilac and it's purples. It's lilacs and purples. And then the chrome from Max piece is metallic. And even, even the frames, the yeah. photography frames are kind of like, um, which were made yeah. in London with- Yeah, with We Are Facility. We did, are you, facility. did you come up with the framing? Yeah, so I've been wow. working with Victoria at We Are Facility in London for, the last couple of years she framed all the shows at home and she has this incredible sensibility and I think confidence with framing and we just push we always pushed kind of how people's work could be seen and I think spaces and frames should really add to the work but not kind of overpower and I think through adding color and texture to to work so you can just get, give them a home that feels comfortable and confident for them and so throughout the show there are lots of different frames we've got these velvet frames on Naomi Williams' work, which also have a more traditional silver uh, metal frame, but the frame is really thin and really light. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I hadn't actually seen these ones yet. They're yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, the frame's totally, they're like yeah, a tray yeah. frame almost. Yeah. Super oh, thin, gorgeous. slim so what, line. what are these images? These are domestic scenes yeah, they're in the UK or in yeah, London? Yeah, in the yeah. UK. And this artist I found through, at home we did these black women's artist grants that Gucci supported. Mm. Um, and we had so many applications and people that we discovered through the applications to the grants. And Naomi, I'm pretty sure, was one of the artists we discovered like that. Wow. And so I really loved her work and this series shared spaces of her and her sister is so, so special. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to see work like this, to know that this experience is valid. This part of our lives 
is really yeah, valid. Yeah, yeah. Like those little everyday moments where you're brushing your teeth and your family member sitting on the toilet or someone's taking a nap or you're cleaning together. Like there's so much beauty and joy in that. And I think that should be de depicted in gallery spaces. And it looks like she's learning to play the flute yeah, maybe the and then flute, one's one reading really a book. I love that, a queenie <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And there's this kind of, I think as we get older and as we grow up, there's this kind of sense of urgency of le leaving family homes and spaces where mm -hmm. we grew. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to just really value those. And for those to be documented like this, mm -hmm. um, there are only two photographers in the show. So Adama and Naomi, and then we have two film pieces, one by myself and then one from Julian Knox, which is a new work he's made for the show. So a lot of the artists actually have made new work for oh, the show, which is really cool. I love that because this art would not exist if you were not curating the show. I was right, that really right. exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, helping the creation of new yeah, things. Yeah, encouraging them. Now, so these let's talk about sculptures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these, so we're looking at three busts now. One has two heads and the other two are singular heads. These mm. are unbelievable. Yeah. Who is this artist? So this artist is called Chooks. He is an American artist and I discovered his work, I think on Instagram in 20, 2019, maybe 2020. So this is another amazing thing about collaboration is I spoke to Chooks, I think in 2019 or very early 2020, and I loved his work so much. And um, he had made this book called Identity Thief and his work is, there's so much to it. There's so many layers to it. Um, but he depicts these incredible characters, which for me is so empowering. Yes. Have this really futuristic quality, yes. but then the tactility of the approach of the actual making. And he carves them all by hand. He makes them all by hand. Oh, I see. I thought they were like 3D insane. printed they're in some ways. No, they're no. handmade. No, ceramic. they're not. Yeah. Right, hold, yeah. them, hold my mic. If you, <laughs> you can't touch them, though. If okay, you good. see videos of him on Instagram in his studio, you'll see he hand carves and the detail in the hair and everything is insane. So I'd spoken to him back then about showing his work at home and he was so supportive of my practice and what I was trying to do, but I could never afford to ship these works. You know, to ship ceramic works safely from America to the UK is really quite a lot to do. And actually since the, yeah. since the pandemic, it, it's like tripled as well. So it's been wow. really crazy. He's but so yeah. he's well known. Like, no, no. Uh, How old is he? Not well he's in, I'm going to say... Late 60s? <laughs> let's say, yeah. Oh, wow. 70s. No, let's no, say, 60s. I'm going to say late 50s, early oh, 60s, late 50s perhaps. Okay, I, would, yeah, yeah. I would guess, Chooks, if wow. you listen to this, we don't know. Sorry, we love Chooks, you. if I said you're older than <laughs> but you he's, are. But he's amazing. <laughs> and he's also, you know, a teacher and he talks about his process and his practice and to share it. But he's never shown work in Europe. This is the first time first they've ever been time. to Europe. Yeah. And so when I knew that I was creating the show, I spoke to him straight away because we stayed in touch over the last couple of years and he was always super celebratory of what I was doing. And he always said, if you ever find a space for me in the UK, I would love to. And so I reached out to him as soon as the show was confirmed. And I said, I'd love to have your works in the show. And he literally was over the moon, super happy, grateful to be part of it. And I'm just so grateful and to show And he sent these ones, these work. three to you? So I made a selection from a wider body of work and... Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can find him on Instagram. Here. He's um, C H U K E S. Yeah, that one especially yeah. at the front. That she is incredible. Yeah, they're so gorgeous. Incredible. It also. I'm not saying honestly. They're just they, they so much of the work in the show. Yeah, yeah, I just when we uncreated really those, I was so shocked because I thought they were half the size. And also, just I had no idea how handmade yeah, they not, are. Yeah, yeah, and they these really plates like you've made love. Oh, the really stunning. See, this is what's been amazing about this show. Is like I think. Between us, there's been so much sharing of, I say, okay, I'd really love a cylindrical plinth. And then Rob and Carl go, okay, not sure what, if it's possible, we see what we can do and we'll try and make it happen. And even down to the curtain and the details, all the things that are so important, the nuances that are important to my vision, you've been so incredible at making happen and happen. And I'm so grateful for that. So the plinths have been painted brown because essential, they needed to be brown. They needed to be cylindrical as well because I didn't want so many sharp edges in the show. Mm. I want there to be this softness. 
Um, and also it invites you to go around it like you did to look at it just now. That's why they're all positioned off the wall as well. So you can actually get a 360 on them. And I think with the angles of maybe more like a square shape or a box, you don't really have that invitation to get closer. But they're all having a conversation. Like fluid, the way you've, yeah. the way you're hanging the Charlotte Ololodis, which are amazing, is very low down. Yeah. And then so these busts are having a conversation exactly. with the women or the people that are in the bed sharing a also, bed. Also, the, these works by Shola, they're really like intimate bed scenes. Yeah. So they're kind of people they're that love each of, other of in, yeah. in bed. But I love the fact that a bed would be at that height as well. Like yeah. in the room, oh, yeah. that's what I always think. And I love the way as well when you walk in, and you've got the bed you don't in them expect, photographs. Like yeah. if you go to a gallery, you're not expecting to see work hung at that level. So it kind of makes you look in a way, like it kind of opens your eyes, makes you wake up as a but viewer. But that's what's brave about your curations that you, there's no rule, you're not, you're breaking all the rules. Do you know I what I mean? I think it's because I don't know what the rules are, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the rules are, so I'm just going with what feels right. Exactly. And I think about how when you step into this room, what are you looking at? And how when you then go back, what's your experience on the way out? And so that piece, Shola's other piece, that's in front of the curtain that goes to Julian Knox's room. It's like this really intimate, darker bed scene where it feels really intimate, it feels really comforting, and it feels like the lights will be turning off. And then you go into the film room, which is dark, which is a sit down, which is an intimate moment. So it's placing pieces with a flow of where the viewer might be going next. We should go through actually to see Julian Knox's film. Now, Julian's an extraordinary artist. He was recently in um, Peju Oshin's show at Kagosian that we did an episode Rice about. Of passage, yeah, yeah. Rites of Passage. And I think that's the first time I meant to say as well that Alvin's shown in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think he's shown in the UK. Yes, yeah, so this is a proper exclusive, people. Yeah. Get here. <laughs> so we're going to walk through now. This is the film room, and it has the most beautiful putty colored corduroy mm -hmm. soft curtain, which we love. And then, um, so this you've, is cut, a film. you've cut this off from what would be this space would be bigger. Yeah, yeah. Normally you've built a wall. Built. Yeah. yeah, temporary wall. Yeah. yeah, it's totally changed the gallery. And weirdly, this room we thought was going to feel quite small, and it feels no, huge. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. And we have headphones. So there's about eight pairs of headphones. They're very nice headphones. They are actually. beautiful headphones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we can sit down with us because the seats are actually using um, cashmere, <gasps> sustainable cashmere from the BMW i7 car. We've actually made these benches which are kind of a brand new design and luckily julian's obsessed with them the artist um so much so he actually wants them after the show mm -hmm. um but when we like if you actually touch the cashmere it's so soft for us i love it and mm. it reminds me of like when we were in the spa car as i like to call mm -hmm. it the i7 um and what we might do now is before we talk about julian's film we might just have a quick chat with karina who's one of the designers of the i7 she even helped to develop and progress the i modes feature which is a massive feature within the, the new cars where you can actually change the mood depending on the way that you're feeling and that was one of the reasons we thought it was such a good connection to to be held We would like to welcome to Talk Art, Karina Exner. Hi, Karina. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Are you in Germany right now? Yes, yes, I'm in Germany. It's super rainy and very cold here. So <laughs> no spring weather at all. I hope it's better in England. Yeah, luckily in Margate, we're, we're having sunny blue skies. So what is, your, what is your role at BMW and how long have you been there? I'm already eight years at BMW. I cannot believe that it's already so long. <laughs> and um, my specific role is, so I'm a user interface and user experience designer. Um, so we are designing on all the digital platforms and displays in and around the car. So my responsibility is in special in 
for the my mode. So I'm designing the my modes, the experience of all this. And um, there are my modes combining a lot of different functionalities in the car. So we're combining sound, light, user interface, displays, uh, a lot of colors, but also the seat, the geometry, the climate. So a lot of things are coming together. And that's why it's a pretty cool project. So what, so what exactly is my mode so for people listening is this something that one can press a button and you get in the car and it works or is this something that organically happens when you're in the vehicle exactly so it is it is this you press a button if you want but you can also yeah it can be suggested to you if this would make sense now and um if you would like to do that now because you are in this situation and do you want um so it can be can can come to you over two ways the customer can choose it, of course, also. So he wants to relax now. So he goes on relax and everything in the car is coming together to create a perfect relaxing atmosphere. Amazing. And also if he's driving sport, which is, of course, the BMW brand identity. So driving a BMW sporty makes a lot of fun. And um, the idea is that with everything in the car, we support this intention in this moment. And I think it's meant to respond to the driver's mindset, Russ, as well. It's, it kind of creates these different sensory environments because sitting, especially as a passenger in the back of an i7 is incredible. And um, I remember when we did it and I think BMW has always had this kind of human centered approach to the use of technology. So it's about making it enjoyable for both the driver, but also the passengers. Exactly. And it's all going about his emotions. So we always said we don't know where the customer is coming from, what kind of day had the driver, is it in a good mood, they had a, maybe they had a boring day, maybe they had a very stressful day and want to relax, they come with a group, they come alone, and you never know really what happened and what is the emotional background and intention of the customer. And so for all of this, many emotions and intentions, we wanted to create the best offer and they can choose. So the customers can choose for the individual situation the perfect setting the perfect mode and yeah that's the idea of the my modes that's amazing so what 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 was your area of expertise then when you were designing the i7 what what exactly specifically were you bringing to it so when we did it as as a user interface and experience designer i always think a lot about stories i think about how people interact with something where they want to go what is the intention and so when we said like if we do we do a range of modes we created this um the slogan so like this message what is the message of this mode what is the the the, the essence of emotion behind it and then everything needed to follow it everything it was kind of my job that everything <laughs> follows this one intention so for example uh, by sport we said like focus while high speed or especially in german high speed but also like curvy roads but focus is, is the one thing we want to give the customer so everything needed to follow in the car and also the geometry of the seat the, the sides of your seat are getting closer and give you more hold so to be held with Ronan's uh, message behind her, her her exhibition is amazing because like, yes, of course, to be held in your BMW as well. Oh, wow. And 
the seat gets closer, you have more some more support behind you. The graphics and the interface are getting clearer, they are more focused, they are bolder. The color is getting to the BMW Heritage Orange. So maybe you remember in the past, yeah. the interface was always orange in the old BMW. So everything gets back to this original heritage color, which invites you to this 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 sporty emotion of a BMW and and the delight is coming down to like a channel so everything supports you and your drive wow so cool and what what is it like sort of meeting um an artist or talking to them and communicating to them because even though you know you're on a design kind of innovative technical side I, I think there's a lot of um, alliances and similarities between the approaches of say Rona McKenzie with this current exhibition in Margate to be held the kind of visionary aspect of it I feel like is quite similar and we actually met you at Freeze London last year because for 50 years BMW's been sort of supporting the arts and many different cl- cultural collaborations and one of the ones they do is in Freeze London and we met you with Nikita Gale the amazing artist who'd made some guitars that I know you actually played a role in as well so working with artists is that something you ever expected and, and what, what, what does it bring you as a designer I think it's it's amazing that I have this opportunity I'm very grateful for that because working with artists is opening your mind and is helping also to reflect sometimes and to to look at your work after a call with Nikita after a call with Ronan you I'm so much more creative and I'm, I'm I feel like boosted and this is I'm very grateful to have these conversations and because it's awesome. I mean, with Nikita, we did just guitars and in the beginning we said like, we have no idea about guitars. Nikita, we never did a guitar design. <laughs> she, was, she was so nice because she said like, forget all the boundaries, forget that it's an instrument, just go and do what BMW design is on a guitar. And this is really cool because at that moment you, you reflect again and you think like, Oh, what is BMW design? What makes it what makes it work that it's BMW design? But later, when you do again your work, you it influences it as well because you feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's again BMW. It's working together. It's just mm. a different aspect. So for this exhibition to be held, how did you connect, you know, your design process for the i7 with uh, a gallery exhibition? What exactly are you able to put into the space Roland could use a lot of materials so uh, from the i7 she she used a lot of materials which we could uh, give her which are of course also connects a lot to the human so to be held is also about to feel comfortable to feel yeah safe and to feel have a have a warm place to be it's um, like a hug isn't it yeah exactly and the materials we have the soft cashmere in the i7 yeah, it's, I think this this kind of materials help a lot and get also the com- the connection between interior design and the car. That's actually also what we wanted with the i7. We always wanted to do, we always called it a living room on wheels. We always wanted to create the most comfortable space there and use cashmere instead of just... Uh, just leather it was like yeah can we not do like a real couch like a real area where you feel super safe and yeah so you want I guess you want people to come to this exhibition and and feel like you're saying super safe but feel like a moment of pause and they feel calm and they feel like they're being cuddled they're being held by the actual venue when we designed this the seat in the back 
it was had had also the name Captain Chair because it's really like inspired by the but you you feel super comfy and it's making this 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 shoulder around you like hugging you a little bit and you enjoying your time there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Karina. This has uh, been an incredibly insightful chat with a legend at BMW. <laughs> and we can't wait to hang out soon and, and continue these chats going forward because it feels like it's something that you're really bringing to uh, BMW and to the consumer. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And also thank you to BMW because I just think the way they're engaging with young talent and supporting all of these you know, emerging artists and also furniture designers because the show also has that element to it. It's just an amazing thing and for Margate as an emerging creative hub and um, we're also attracting kind of young audiences from around the world to visit in Margate so thank you so much for bringing travel and art and letting it all come together in Margate. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me on Thanks. and Cheers, for this Karina. collaboration well, That was great chatting to Karina wasn't it? I love her, I think she's so exciting I just think speaking to engineers speaking to people who are actually like innovating um, the way that we experience the world through objects like you know the car it's just totally brilliant So this film by Julian Julian Knox. Yes. So how did you come to this artist? So Julian, I first saw his work at 180 at an exhibition called Lux. Actually, I don't think that was the first time I'd seen his work, but that was when I was really drawn in because he had this incredible piece, which I'm not sure if the title is Breathe, but it's this kind of multi-screen immersive experience where there are all of these sing singers singing in the most like beautiful choral, the, the type of vocal that goes straight to your soul straight to your gut and straight to your core and it really kind of like I could have stayed in there for so long and so this piece that I had seen that he had made really struck me and from there I became much more interested in his work and we'd known each other for a little while I met him actually um or hung out with him more when we were in Basel last year actually with BMW oh, yeah. I, we hung out then um and we just kept talking kept talking and I also went to a performance that he had at Brixton House um, later last year and he had these performers again, this chorus, and his work is just super interesting and he's Does a poet he as well and a writer. He, yeah, he yeah. performs as well. Um, with one of his collaborative partners, Debo, and they make these, yeah, really incredible pieces with archival footage, sometimes with footage he's, he's done himself and shot and there was something about his work that really, really struck me. Mm. But actually he made this piece specifically for this show because there was a work oh. I wanted to use um, that he wanted to rejig and build on. And I was really interested in this archival footage and this dance footage that he had shot and a piece of a poem that he had written. So yeah, he made a new work for this show, which I'm super grateful for. And he's just one of those really, I think for me with artwork and artists, because I'm such an emotional person, get so emotionally connected to the ideas and the story. When I get to collaborate with an artist or meet an artist that there's just so much love and joy and passion coming straight from them. And, you know, the art world can sometimes be a difficult place, I think you know i would imagine that people get into art because they love making or they love their practice but you know it very quickly becomes so much about money or about steps and stages and kind of this and that and it can be really competitive mm. so being able to kind of be in this really contemporary culture with artists who support each other like julian will come to my shows and he's come to home and to the gallery and like you know to actually just share and be able to support each other and enjoy the work at the same time is just really a bonus so there are some artists in the show who I'm friends with or who their energy just like Alfie Kongu who's got work in the third gallery Alfie. you know Alfie's yeah. amazing and 
they're just yeah it's just a really it's a celebration really that we're all doing this together and we're all exploring together you know what i love about julian as well as the precision to his presentation so this this whole room has been designed by julian and even the way that there's like a thin strip of the video um we had to like mark out the wall and we've had to use a specific projector which is super high quality projector because it's a black and white film and he's just so precise his team are incredible he's it's super immersive and i think having the again having the space and the time to present our work in the way that we intend for it to be seen and that comes down to being collaborative with artists on again like we're just talking about framing or the way that this screening room has been created in this gallery space and the seating and the headphones and all of the details that allow the work to exist in the way that it was intended are so important. Yeah, and Julian's team have even been like remotely contacting us daily <laughs> to like have meetings and work out to make sure the installation has been done exactly correct. And it's just, just so important. I just love that, yeah. yeah that precision so and detail. I yeah. think I've definitely experienced as well, you know, the kind of um, the hangover of some artists who haven't really been treated well in the past by galleries or curators who are then become quite protective about the way their work is shown. So I tend to have conversations when maybe I want to push framing or maybe I want to pair things that the artist might not have necessarily put together. Your jaws just dropped. Yeah. But as soon as I've kind of explained, they're always and have been so open to hearing and understanding how I see it and trusting me with that. And that's been such an amazing part of this process. Do you feel a responsibility for all these artists? Definitely, definitely. And I want it to be a show that they're proud of. It's not just about me. I'm showing work alongside them and they've entrusted me to show their work. So it's, I absolutely feel a responsibility to do all the work justice in the way that the artists want it to be seen. But I also feel a responsibility to my own vision and practice and to make sure that it's a collaboration and that Mm. I'm saying what I want to say with the overall show and kind Mm. of tie things together that hopefully the viewers understand and people understand and enjoy. And Uh, I guess that's the role of a curator. Yeah, and I think curating can bring to life and uh, also bring conversations between works that you see a work in a different way or you see an artist in a different way. And even during the installation, I've seen works that I didn't necessarily connect to as quickly. And then suddenly when they're hanging in relation to something else, it's then my favourite work in the show. It's It's good good curation. Yeah, it is, yeah. (laughs) And we're now walking through to the final giant room, which is a massive gallery. And even going through these kind of... um, what are these called? Arches. Like, arches, arches yeah. yeah. I'd never noticed the arches in this building before, but because oh, you've oh, painted that's so them, true. it now feels like they're yeah. part of the but installation. But also because I think when you stand at certain points, I've been really intentional about what's placed where so that you do see through the arches and yeah, you notice yeah. them as framing the work. Yeah. So the piece at the end, which is a chair that I've made with Joe Burns called Body Language, you see that through the double arches when you enter the gallery. Huh. Um, and it's a two-person chair that was designed to to be held. It's designed for you to sit on it and for someone to sit on top of you and it's supposed to hold you while you hold each other. Are you letting people do that in the exhibition? Yeah, people can sit on it, yeah. And actually, two people can sit on it. Yeah, yeah two yeah, people, yeah. one person. People or three can, people, no, not three people. Not, no. Just two people. <laughs> um, it, it's also been seen before in London in yeah. your Selassie fashion show. show. Yeah, exactly. So originally, uh, Job and I made the chair together for the show. So the show, I also have a brand, I'm a designer, and the second collection was about intimacy and touch. And so I wanted to make this chair for someone to hold me on it. And I wanted to use the the fabric, which is a knitwear that I developed with KBN Knitwear, which is the knit studio I work with. And um, the fabric I originally used for a series of thermal garments. So leggings, tops, thermals that are supposed to be worn close to the body. And they're called the muscle series. So all of the all of the pattern is where the muscles are on the body. And I wanted to make thermals because it's the, the thing that's closest to me. But I also wanted to use this fabric and this knit which is reminiscent of keloid scarring keloid scarring is 
more prevalent in more melanated skin and often we, our scars do raise, but it's a way that our skin protects us and takes care of us. But often it's something that people are ashamed of or don't want to show. And so I wanted to beautify it in a sense that we should be really proud of the way that our bodies hold us and care for us. And so I wanted to bring it to pieces that are beautiful and someone can look at objectively and say, yeah, that's beautiful. So then when we see it on our skin, it's not something that we're so horrified by, something we're proud of. Wonderful. Oh, I love that. Um, and then this is a sculpture by Raven, Raven. de Clark. Yeah. 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 We have this beautiful sculpture, which again, she made for this show called Yvonne. Yvonne with an E. e. Yvonne yeah. with an E. And Raven's work, I also discovered through one of our black women's artist grants at home. And we gave her a grant in the first round. And they're just... I mean, with all of the artists that I've curated and put in this show, I don't think anyone's making work like them. And I think it's so important that the work is seen and also that the, the characters and the people that are they're embodying or they're presenting are also seen. Mm. I think to have such a, a gold cast, older black woman in the gallery space, in a really warm and kind of leaning back position that just feels like she's at home. Uh, she, she looks content. joyful, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, it, it looks almost like it could be the artist's grandmother or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. You know, it feels like that personal, even but, without knowing for sure. It's like, that's what it kind of tells yeah, you. Yeah, but then in this material with this super strong shine, it's almost like, I almost feel like this, to the piece next to it, body language, the way they interact, it's almost like jewelry. It's almost like it's adorning the space. And mm. that's kind of how I see its place in the show. Mm. Yeah, it's a and kind then, of gem, isn't it? And then we move into your eyes kind of glaze across to Toby Cato's collages. And they're so energetic of music scenes that he's collaged and he's brought these incredibly insane, like painted, almost like spray painted faces and features that are kind of like exaggerated into this scene. And with the pieces of paper literally coming off the the canvas feels like you can just jump straight in and yeah. it brings this energy to the room which i really love i want to get up close to them because they just look they're, they're so sort of i don't know i just want to get up to them they're amazing mm. how have you found the art world then ronan like you were saying that you're not trained as a curator mm -hmm. and here we are and you create this incredible exhibition you know every you, you, you've never really chosen a path the path sort of chosen yeah, you it's sort sure. of taken you off has the art world been like welcoming to you have you found sort of yeah i think so you know i do think so i think oh, i kind of came from fashion which has similar difficulties i would say it's the art world they're quite adjacent and they interlink but i feel that I really try to create spaces where I feel comfortable and that involves working with artists that we celebrate each other. Like I was talking about Julian's work, you mm. know, we shout each other and we're there for each other and we go to each other's stuff. And so in that sense, I'm not too worried about the big, 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 big art world over there. If you know, the way that it can be with collectors, the way it can be really institutional. I'm not too worried about that. I'm just trying to put on shows and have a nice time with people who I know and love. And I think even in Carl and Rob inviting me to do this show, I feel really welcomed into this space. And when you've, you know, you have your booth at Freeze or there are other directors of, ga of galleries who have been really welcoming to me. I'm in the Freeze 91 committee. I feel like because I didn't have an intention of where I want to go in this thing, I'm able to just really enjoy it for what it is. And the yeah. parts of it that I don't like, I don't have to engage in. What's yeah, Freeze no, 91? True. Freeze 91 is a members program. It's a members program um, that Freeze have that kind of get you into special events and special workshops and programming and things like that. Um, and so there's a lot more to it than that, but I'm on the committee of how we can shape Freeze to be a more accessible and welcoming place and Great. how we can use Freeze as a platform to activate local artists, activate smaller um, smaller galleries, people who are just kind of out here winging it like I am. Um, and there are other amazing people on the committee like Zezio4 and um, 
Julian's on the committee as well. Right. So yeah, they're really trying to kind of get our sort of younger generation and contemporaries involved in shaping freeze. Cause I only went for the first time with Joy actually, I think in 2021, um, we walked around for a couple of hours and then we we're both absolutely exhausted and really overwhelmed by the whole thing. And just thought, this is just very, very stuffy. And um, I know freeze and parts of the art world are really trying to make it less that um, and make it more welcome, make it more mm. open. One of the things that I was most excited by, funnily enough, um, obviously we put on a lot of our exhibitions over the last 13 years I've been here, but is the furniture. And the reason that you chose to sort of highlight a very innovative, futuristic furniture. And right yeah. now um, we can see our dear friend Courtney, <laughs> who works very closely with you and has, has been a super important part of this exhibition. Yeah, Hi, Courtney. Courtney's sitting <laughs> on the most beautiful chair. It's called it's the like Aura Chair by Holly Aura. Rollins. I think design and spatial design has, because of home, has become a really natural part of my practice and my approach to curating space and creating artwork. Because we need to think about, again, like how are we seeing it? What are we sitting on? Do we feel comfortable on those things? Can we relax? Can we lounge? As now we can see with Courtney's literally got her feet up and is right in, in front of um, an amazing piece of artwork by Mabintu Badji. Plus and it's QVC a bit. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney just sort of smiling. And, and we've got some, <laughs> some ceramics by Chris Bramble. We've got a painting by Joy Yamasangi. We've got Nastasha E. Swift next to it as well. And then we've got these incredible paintings by Marion Moore. But the, the furniture really comes into it. It's how people are spending time in the space. Being able to highlight and also just really see and experience works by incredible black British female furniture designers yeah. in the space. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a, it shouldn't be a luxury. It should be every day, but mm. there just aren't many opportunities to present those works. And her prototype table. The it's table so is gorgeous. Incredible. This glass table. table. And, the, and yeah. even the chocolate kind of um, sheepskin rug that it's on, it's all so cozy. Yeah. And it's not something you necessarily expect when you go to an art That's exhibition. That's the thing. It's cozy, but it's elevated. Yeah, it's it is. Like, it's chic, It's more it? comfortable, but yeah. it's got a clear point of view. And even the wave, Kushida, Mensa, uh, modular by Mensa's wave sofa piece that we have that is in front of Mario Moore's. It's kind of like water and it's kind of like air and it invites you into this world where he's got the blue sky in the background. So. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Mario Moore. So Mario Moore is an American artist and when we unpacked the crates and they'd <laughs> arrived from America, my breath was just taken away, similar to the Shoop sculptures, but they are the most beautiful paintings. And they're so strange because they're it's paintings. the paintings. That's not photography. Yeah, they're, they're paintings, paintings yeah. Whoa. And they're his back. And yeah. they're self-portraits of the and artist. And he made them for the show as well. One, he's wearing a fur coat. And the other one, um, oh, a vintage fur coat. And yeah, the, other one, the other one is his naked back. But they are just all his muscles and his kind of spine. And the, the seat by Mensa, modular by Mensa, yeah. means that you can literally sit oh and just lose yourself in these Courtney extraordinarily said, beautiful she paintings. She needs time to sit on the sofa and just yeah. like be engulfed by these pieces. But and you can lose yourself in these absolutely. works. They're so dreamy and futuristic and like... I think what's incredible about them is the texture. We were saying earlier to two people who snuck into the gallery that, um, you know, when a painting or something's just been finished and it has that glorious like kind of almost liquid shine on it and he's managed to bring that through in finished pieces pieces of work and it literally looks like there's wind in the jacket where he's left yeah. these creases yeah it's these like creases luminous. that you would imagine someone might smooth out this jacket mm. and make it all clean but he's left in that energy and that mm. movement and literally like it just they just feel so tactile they feel epic in the way that Kahindi Wiley's feel epic yeah. it has that sort of and um, the texture in the hair yeah. where he hasn't you know made it all unified and he's actually left i think that's what makes them feel feel so real and that you just want to get closer to them because there is differences in everyone's you know curl patterns and him celebrating that and making them 
pop out and jump out in the way that he paints is incredible. For me, they feel quite heroic as well. I feel yeah. like yeah, he's almost like yeah. superhero. Yes, yes. And it's such That's a... That's why I said epic. It feels yeah, like, yeah, such a but beautiful But what I love is they also thing. don't feel decisive. They still feel like there's a vulnerability, I think, mm. and there's a softness. And I think in seeing a fur-coated back with a pretty insane fur coat, but then also a back that's skin and seeing the texture and the softness in his body, actually. And it's not just like a super muscular. There's areas for that, but then there's areas that just feel warm and like, you know exactly what that feels like. I hadn't even thought about the fact that you normally wouldn't see the back of someone's head in a portrait. I mean, some yeah, people yeah, have done yeah. it in history, but like, I feel like it's not that regular and there's something quite vulnerable because it's yeah. like coming up behind somebody. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. So the artist is kind of making himself vulnerable, but he's also making you relate differently to yeah. his body in a way. Like yeah. there's, it's such a intimate experience. Absolutely. A... And like, to be honest, I think it's really rare that you will see the the body of a black male person that isn't, a very particular way you know it's not like super hench it's also not like the, even the skin and the texture is the tone of his skin i think it's quite unusual to see this softness in a black male body and i think it's really important that we that we see that and i i feel really grateful that he's allowing us to see that and he's he's showing himself in that sense and he's i, I discovered his work in la when i was there last year and i saw his show at a, a museum his work at a museum started following him on instagram and i was like wow he's He's incredible, but also I don't think he's ever shown work in Europe. No. And he's just a lovely. Courtney had a Zoom with him and is absolutely obsessed. And he's just absolutely like a lovely, lovely character and energy and person. I'm also really into the painting style. I just think yeah. there's something almost like sort of like you think back to the 1500s or like yeah, the yeah, Renaissance yeah. or like Dutch yeah. painters or there's something yeah, about yeah. the luminosity the light. and light, yeah. which I've not seen in recent times. I mean, mm. it's pretty impressive. Like he's amazing. We love you, Mario, more. So, um, <laughs> so now we can see the Chris Bramble sculptures. Now, Chris is one of the oldest artists in the show, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And he's based in um, northwest London, I think. And um, these are made by hand, and they are so beautiful. Yeah. His daughter is also a ceramicist, Freya Bramble Carter, and they do workshops together. They have a studio where they do, well, they teach pottery. And that's how I discovered them first. I wanted to go to a class. And I just think for such a traditional method and just traditional medium the faces are so contemporary and he brings through this like really for me feels very ancestral storytelling in pieces that feel so modern yeah. mm. and i think that's really special i've never really seen that before and also the textures of the blue that he uses mm. the colors are yeah incredible yeah, yeah, he's a wonderful person. I spoke to him on the phone because so um, he didn't really want to email. And um, <laughs> we've been having WhatsApp chats and also just phoning each other. And he's he's such a cool person. I really yeah. want to go to his studio and hang out with him. You should. And then this is a, a new work that was commissioned for the show. Yeah, exactly. By, um, Nastasha E. Nastasha oh, wow. E. Swift. Yeah, it's Fabric. Nastasha E. Swift. Yeah. It's felt. She and makes these felt, incredible yeah. felt pieces. Also, again, she's another person that I saw a couple of years ago and just DM'd and was like, wow, wow, wow. And I was so happy that she was open to being part of the show. The original works I'd seen by her were much bigger headpieces. And she had this incredible kind of baby pink series and like a baby blue series. And sometimes she uses them for performances. So she puts them on and poses and, and does photography of them and does prints and stuff. So I had never seen anything like this one. And she's recently started working in this beaded way as well. And just like the detail on all of these little tiny felt faces and also to get that kind of structure of yes. a face into such a soft material. And the hair and yeah. everything is incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the expression. I just and love the, the intensity of the making as well because mm. you. I know she's worked really hard to get make the deadline and like yeah, yeah. you know she's been working every hour of every day to make this. I mean, you can just see it in the work. It's yeah. just mind blowing. My favorite thing is the earrings. I yeah. love that little detail. It's really subtle and you only notice when you get really close. I think yeah. it makes it makes the piece really real as opposed to quite abstract. I think there are yeah. elements of abstraction that she brings into her works, but then there are these nuances like the facial expressions and yeah. like the earrings that make them really relatable for sure and invite you in now Alfie Kungu is another artist who we love show, and these have you live with his work don't you in yeah quite his piece in my bedroom and you know who else does Joy Yamasanji does yeah, yeah, now Joy's I saw it in, well. a, in Joy's 30th birthday yeah they, yeah they yeah they posted some they've photos they've got one and, and Ellen actually got Joy's partner got one for them for their birthday as well and we our facility the framers in London actually framed these in pink um, under your instruction and with Alfie's permission yeah. but I love the pink frames it's I think perfect. they're so joyous yeah. and um, Alfie was on Talk Up maybe a year and a half ago and we love Alfie Alfie's just he's one of those artists who I saw his work and I would not in all honesty it's not his work isn't the kind of work I would think that I would want or like because it's so the way that he paints onto silk is so kind of blurred and there aren't any defined lines and that's something that I just my eye is naturally drawn to you can see in the way that I like yeah, like, like structured furniture and structure. Like geometry you geometry, like geometry wow. that's what I mean though I think you're quite a minimalist all in of some that, ways right but then Alfie's pieces always is like explosion of color and actually the looseness in the colors and the way they bleed is so freeing and playful and I think they really inspire me and allow me to remember to just play and enjoy so the one I have at the end of my bed is these two figures facing away from each other and one of them's got these like cow print trousers on and the way that the light hits it in the morning when I wake up just reminds me that I'm not alone like it's two people together looking out and it just reminds me that there's support and also really just to play and smile and this collective group that we've got here and the one we're looking at now which is on the left of the body language chair it's just a group of people getting together and it feels really powerful to me. It feels mm. like it encompasses support, but not in a kind of aggressive way, in a way of celebrating joy and mm. celebrating life. And he's he, he is just wonderful. And I think that really comes through in his work. That work there where they've all, um, the group of people all have their kind of fists in mm -hmm. the air. It kind of could remind you of like a march in London, centre yeah, yeah, of London absolutely. or New York, but it could also think of like the sun. The sun, yeah, the sun yeah, rising. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it makes me think of like maybe a sunset or a sunrise and everyone dancing and yeah. sort of sharing and a joyous only, moment. He only started doing paintings on silk uh, in lockdown when he was back at his mum's and I think she had a box of silks and stuff. So mm. she was, which maybe he talked to you about before. Mm -hmm. um, and so he started working in this way, but he also works on metal. And he, we showed his work at 154 last year at the Contemporary African Art Fair. And he had these amazing kind of almost like putty-like um, pieces that still had the same fluidity to them, but they were textural and they were super interesting as well. There's one of like an ice cream van that I just wish I could have at home. Yeah, he's always um, sort of experimenting and pushing himself. Yeah. I really like the echo in the Mabintu um, Badji yeah. work as well of the young child with a, a pacifier kind of... Yeah. Um, Mabintu's still dummy, studying. In, in the mouth. Yeah. But I love that that fist in that work of the child like exactly. reaching out exactly. and the way that it echoes that, that work yeah. by him. It's yeah. really cool. And she, yeah, she's still studying. She was just, she showed some work. I discovered her on Instagram not that long ago. And um, I've curated a show that's at the RA at the moment called Close to Home, which has eight artists who were born or are based eight miles from the RA. So again, it's about locality. It's about celebrating local talent. Um, and she she's one of the artists I included in the show. And I think her use of color is so special and just so, mm. so impactful. And so I'm really, she created this piece for the show as well. 
and the pink painting in the RA I'm obsessed with. Yeah. I just, it's so That's gorgeous. by this artist as well. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, one of my favourite things I've seen this year. Yeah. And then Shay Gregan is, yeah. is also in the show. And there's this brick wall yeah. and sort of a double-headed figure. It could be two people stood very close, but they almost merge and become one. Yeah, Shay's work, uh, he had an exhibition at home towards the end of last year. Um, and his show was all about his own experiences and the way that he sees himself in relation to others. He was born and raised in Australia and then moved to London, but his, his, his mom's from Zimbabwe. And so he was, grew up in Australia and then moving to London and kind of feeling like he wasn't alone for the first time and feeling like he, he, he had a sense of place. And the show that we had at home was kind of all about that. And actually Ezra, who's got a scent in this show, made an incense for Shay's show at home. And we burned the incense throughout the exhibition. The incense was kind of reminiscent of his home and space that he felt comfortable in. And so I'm super happy that we could bring his work through to this show. The scent. We did, we've jumped over the yeah. scent before because I was trying to uh, get back to <laughs> some, another point. The so there's going to be a Ezra, scent in this Ezra exhibition. Ezra Lloyd-Jackson, who's and an amazing artist. I. Um, he's a multidisciplinary artist and he, the scent is one that he's been working on for years and years and years. And what is so interesting to me and what I've learned so much about um, being close to him and his practices, the way that scent it's everywhere every day and we can be so intentional about how we how we work with it and i think it's it evokes certain memories it evokes certain feelings and he kind of relates to perfumery in the sense of whose skin is it going on and perfumery is obviously like such a european very french very white industry mm. but i think one thing that really struck me when we first started talking was about how he said okay but if you've put on like cocoa butter or shea butter how then is that scent responding to you and your skin and your story how can scent story tell because they do you know you go into go into a restaurant you smell something that you know you suddenly transports you to another place and with his work he's really interested in that trans transformative and transporting experience and the scent eye that he's got in this show on a scented sculpture that he's made and that sculpture's come from Jamaica through all these different all these different parishes in Jamaica back to the UK and it's also draped in a string vest which he's made which he's made so it's a really really interesting and important piece and also think when do you ever get to experience scent in an exhibition exactly it's yeah. really... as an artwork and yes. not yeah, as yeah. an accompaniment no yeah. no it really is a multi-sensory exhibition and yeah. that's also i think how you think about things and ezra actually came to stay recently with me and he left me a little um vial of my favorite scent that he'd been mm. making because he's, he's actually got his own um, perfume line now yeah it's called oh, Daya. Daya, that's It's called right. Daya and actually... D-E-Y-A. Yeah. And you can follow them on Instagram. But he makes the most extraordinary fragrances. And he's always in the labs. He's very scientific, but he's coming at it from this really artistic um, and perspective. Yeah. And I think his mum was an artist. Yeah, his so, mum's an artist. Yeah. And his dad's a musician. So he's come from this really creative family. And I think he's approaching scent in a way that an artist would. And I think it's actually really going to change things. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the fragrances that he makes, uh, the, the next one that's going to come out is uh, called Carver. And yes, I love it's a that middle one. point between Carver and K.A. Black Grape, which if you grew up in London, you probably know what that is. And so he's able to bring through these nuanced experiences and things that transport me back to my early life or parts of my life and parts of all of our lives um, through scent. And then we get to wear that and then we get to bring that into our day and yeah. think it's really, really special. And it's Carver as in like sparkling wine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's such an interesting So scent. you find most of the artists buy in person seeing exhibitions but also instagram's a big yeah, tool yeah, for you yeah yeah absolutely i think the you know instagram is very love or hate we all love it and hate it and need it i think in this world and this practice that we're in because 
you know, I found the American, two of the American artists through Instagram, connected with them through Instagram. But then it's, it's dangerous because I think the reason why I opened my own gallery space is because it's so important to be in real life with people, to be in person, to do what we're doing now, just talk, converse, share experiences, just really just have a nice time, to be honest, and feel inspired and hear each other's stories and that makes us feel good. So physical space is so important. So when I had my own gallery space, and I'm honest, I didn't spend much time going to exhibitions because I was always just trying to keep it alive and also try and live and also try and have my own life and all those things. So now that I don't have my own physical space and I'm just have more time to explore, mm. I'm able to see artwork in the flesh so much more and connect with artwork in the flesh because it's just so different. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that everything can be documented and even this, we can talk about it and people can hear it and then they can get into it, but it's so different when you have it in front of you. It the, is. The, the shared philosophy in a way of Carl Friedman Gallery, uh, Talk Art, Ronan McKenzie, Home and BMW Group Culture is all really about new ideas and yeah. innovation. And for me, the most striking thing is that this morning I heard you got up very early to do the final edit on a brand new film. I did. Which is going to be in the exhibition yeah. and it's going to be an exclusive new work by you. Can you yeah. talk a bit about your new film? Yes, I can. It's the third part of a series I started last year called Be Good Now, which I did made in Barbados. So my mom's from Barbados and uh, I've been going there since I was a kid, but went back for the first time, probably since I was about 13 in 2019 with my mom. And I think my whole practice is rooted in just trying to find where I feel, where I belong. Um, I'm ca mixed Caribbean. My dad's half Jamaican, half Dominican. And my mom's from Barbados, but her dad was from Panama and her mom was actually from Aruba. So I guess as a person of the diaspora, I don't really have somewhere I can grab and be like, this is where we are from and this is what we do there. And I think it's important for one's sense of self and identity to kind of just understand what came before. So I think a lot of my practice where it started with photography and observation of togetherness, community, love, romance, familial relationships, it's just trying to, trying to see where I fit. Um, and so being back in Barbados and starting to form my own relationship with it, um, also really understand and tell my mom's story has been really powerful for me and for us. My mom is an incredible writer and is 64 and has never published anything, even though she's written loads of things. And I think I'm able to kind of create that, that space for her because I care. I think a lot of our parents' generation, you know, they just didn't have the, they didn't have the privilege of being artists necessarily mm. or sharing their stories or, you know, talking about what made them feel good or what made them feel bad. They just kind of had to get on with it, work so that they could create the lives that we have. Um, and so Be Good Now is a piece I started last year with Acne Studios. They supported the project, went to Barbados to start documenting and make a photo series of contemporary Barbados. Cause you know, everyone knows Barbados, but it's just kind of a, an island where white people go on holiday. And I think mm. in doing that, we don't get to talk about the colonial history and the impact that has on the people who are actually there. If you're from Barbados and live there, you don't, you don't, can't afford to actually enjoy it in the way that holiday makers do. So I wanted to sort of tell my own story. So that was the beginning of the project. And I made uh, stills and a film and a book that Courtney, who's my creative collaborator as well, also has family from Barbados and they have a house there. So we went together and were able to kind of converse and talk and share our experiences and start to build this body of work, which is, very, very much about me and my mum, but also opening up the conversation to other people of all different backgrounds who have this kind of diasporic feeling of kind of being at home, but not being at home. And then you go to the place you're supposed to be from and you don't feel at home there either. So where do we actually fit? Mm. Right. So, sorry, very long-winded story no, to say no. that the film that I've made that I cut this morning, which was part of a longer film that I showed at the VNA, but re-edited it and reworked in a much shorter form piece is called, Courtney named it this morning. What's it called? I didn't know. It's called I Didn't Know. 
This There's... is Courtney who's still on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney is having her best life right now. <laughs> Living she her looks, best she life. Yeah. We Courtney, love that. Um, um, when I showed studio. the film, the much longer kind of first hit at the film, at the VNA in February, I called it, she gave her to a white woman because my great grandma gave my grandma to a white woman to take care of her when she was a child because that was how you would give your child a better life. You give them someone white to grow them up and they get a better education and things like that. So my mom's talking about that. And um, in this in this film, my mom's talking about how she didn't know she'd never see, she wouldn't see her mom for eight years. She didn't know what was gonna happen to her when she was left in Barbados as a kid. She didn't know who she was or who she was gonna be or who would take care of her. And um, that is kind of the sentiment for this third iteration of the project. Um, it's a six minute film and the beginning of it is a clip that I took ad hoc of my mum at a conversation that Courtney, myself, Tess, another one of our collaborators and my mum were having in May last year. And my mum wrote a poem called Be Good Now. And that's the last thing her mum said to her before she left to oh come to God. England. Um, and she's talking about it and it gets quite emotional. Um, and my mum's talking about how her experiences made her the best mother that she could be and how she's glad she went through what she went through so that we didn't have to go through what she went through. And um, that's what this new film I've made is about. She that's sounds so incredible. You've you, you got lots of tattoos of your mum on your yeah, body, I do, haven't you? Loads. How, how many is loads? <laughs> I've got about on my, sorry, I've got my mum's hands here on my hands mm -hmm. um, holding coconuts in Barbados because then every time I look down at my wrists, I've got my mum there, I've got my mum on my inner wrist sitting in a car, I've got my mum drinking a bottle of wine on my leg. I've maybe got four <laughs> or five tattoos that are actually of her. I've got actually- who drew, yeah, who drew them? Some of them are line drawings, some of them are line drawings from photographs. Actually, I think all the tattoos that are direct of my mum are line drawings of photographs that I've taken. Um, Does she like them? She approves yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely. My mum's a superstar princess. She okay. loves being the center of attention. Um, <laughs> and I'm grateful that through what I do, people are able to hear her words. So we have the Be Good Now book here. Um, I'll give one to you before you yes, leave. Please. And you can read eight of my mum's pieces oh, in there. Wow. And a kind of short, very short intro essay yes. that I've written with some photos. So. What's her name? Margaret. Uh, she was named after Princess Margaret. We love you, Margaret. And we, actually, this podcast exists because of our mums. And I'm bringing Which my mum... Which we said because of Princess Margaret. No, <laughs> no I'm bringing my mum um, tomorrow to amazing. see your show because mm. she's also living in Margate now. Um, so I think that's an amazing conversation. I've just loved every minute of talking to you. I think we should end maybe on this Joy Yamasanji. Oh, well, also, yeah. we want to do the Our Heist. Oh, yeah. yeah but we'd we like to ask you Our Heist. A different time this time because we did it before. We did it before. But <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. know, I feel like I'd want to ask you to choose one from this exhibition you've curated, but I think that's cruel. Unless no, let's you can. do that. Let's can try you do think. what If you it, could steal if you could any steal work of one of your own exhibition, show, what would you steal? What would you take and why? It's hard, isn't it? I think if I could steal one of the works from this show, even though it's not my favorite in a sense that I can't pick a favorite from this show whatsoever, it would be one of Chuke's sculptures yes. because yeah. the minute I saw them, even from what a tiny picture on Instagram. They're unbelievable. I Instantly, yeah. like, wow. I yeah. just instantly felt like this is the past and this is the future. And to be able to hold an object like this is, is inspiration every moment. What's your art heist from this show? From this show, I, th I like them chooks. I think the the woman at the front, the chooks Got one you. is uh, unbelievable. And I love the painting next door as well, the American artist there. Alfie's works are very oh, but I also, joyful. If I could have Matt Collins chair piece that's in the first room. Oh, yeah. That looks like a, a rib cage, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And Max's practice and process is also insane. We could do a whole nother 
we could do a whole nother hours just talking about Max practice and his links to Domino's and Jamaica and the work he's doing is, is incredible. For me, it would be one of the Mario Moore paintings. Mm. You'd I'm have to fight Courtney totally for it. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> them. I don't know why they've totally spoken to me, but I love them. Um, I'm grateful that I don't have to pick Ezra's perfume because I wear it every day. That's true. <laughs> and I, I've actually got a vial at home. Can I ask you quickly about teeth jewellery? Oh, yes. Because Danae Moore got hers last night. Oh, amazing. In London, yeah. Fabulous. When did that start for you? I've yeah, I've been got... looking at them while we've been doing the whole talk. I got the gems uh, just over a year ago. So beautiful. Just things make you feel good. I got palm tree, water droplet, fire emoji. Are they on there? They're permanent on your I, I've got to go to a dentist to get them off. So basically, yes. <laughs> so I've got these gems. Now we're now at the end of the exhibition, which is this Joy Yamasanji piece. And it's it's actually on the interior of a car, yeah. which is quite apt oh. considering we're with BMW. Um, and it says, we may have changed, but baby, I could never, never forget you. Know that. I love oh. that. Joy's just, Jay is just next level. Basically, I'm their number one biggest fan. And the only reason why I wouldn't steal their work is because I have absolutely no space left in my home because <laughs> I already got one from their last show and one from years ago. But that kind of final sentiment, which is placed there so that it's one of the last pieces that you see and that knowing that will be remembered in the way that we want to is so special and so important. And also reminds me of all the car rides that I've taken joy on and that we've just been like, when I got my first BMW, actually the i4 that I picked them up was one of the first things that I did. And we went like whizzing around Homerton where they used to live, just singing like T-Pain and like <laughs> <laughs> out the window, like screaming, like slow jams. I love the, um, um, the air freshener, like these kind of the uh, dice. Yeah, dice. dice. Hanging from and the also the way that in this series, Joy's used these like, the kind of fabrics that they've sewn onto the canvases yeah. as well and they're becoming more and more 3D and all the little words. Actually, I had a conversation with them recently for our home podcast that we've just started called Home Impressions. And um, they talk about how, I asked if they would consider themselves like a poet or a writer because of how important and impactful the words are in their work. I also have one of a word words from feeling good on tattooed on my hand as well. And they said they wouldn't call themselves a poet or a writer because everything that they write is from conversations they've had or people that they've overheard. And so they see uh -huh. it as really collaborative. So they, they don't feel they should take ownership over that. But for me, all of Joy's work is poetry. Mm. No, I agree, I agree. And I think their line is just extraordinary. Well, I love that phrase there as well, no such thing as forever. It's like, you know, like love, like life, like it's just everything. I think everything. it's powerful because I think it's powerful in the sense that it's okay that things change and things transition into other things. And I think I take that from that part of it, no such thing as forever, not in a way of, oh, this is gonna end, not in a kind of sort it's of positive more message, Yeah, it's it? positive yeah. of saying, it's all right if I thought that about home, it didn't go the way I'd planned. I'd hoped I'd have that gallery space for years and years and years and years and years, but actually it's okay and it's been for the best that it hasn't been that. Mm. So it wasn't forever in that world You've or in that way. You've got to trust the journey. Things happen for a reason. And also exactly. li living in the present moment exactly. and living in the next moment. Mm. I think life is about adventure and art is about adventure. Mm. And I, I really believe that. And I'm so grateful to you for curating this yeah, beautiful show. I'm so grateful show, to you for this opportunity. For bringing this to Margate. You're grateful to me for anything. I'm grateful for, to you for... If you didn't do this podcast together, you would never have come to oh, home. Right, no. Good. And this, met this show would never have happened. Yeah, right, true. if you no, guys true. hadn't come. And yeah. then, so absolutely. <laughs> and, and also, I'm grateful that you waited outside so that you could see it for the first time on the podcast. It's, oh, it's nice. Well, I, I, it's been a real privilege. It's incredible. Just before we end then, what has been the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your art? Advice. Actually, 
I have an answer for this because I had a call with Zoe Whitley, who's a director at Chisholm Howe at the moment, and obviously an incredible curator and an amazing, amazing woman that I really look up to. And I had messaged her out of the blue, I think, just asking for some advice and some mentoring, whatever it was. And she generously gave me her time. And I called her up actually when you first asked me to do this show. And I had this big, big, big idea and this other big concept and had all these like billion ideas. And I asked her, okay, this is my idea. What do you think? And she said, think about whether your idea needs to be an exhibition. Think about whether for the way, what you want to communicate, whether an exhibition is the best medium for it or whether it should be something else or whether it's a book or whether it's a performance or whatever it is. And the advice to really think about the idea and the mode of communication has really influenced how I work and my approach. And I think has enabled me to be multidisciplinary because sometimes I have an idea that works best as a piece of knitwear, something on the body, or I have an idea that needs to be an exhibition or that needs to be a photograph. And she was the one who really made me think like that. So- A clarity think, of vision. Yeah, right, yeah, the advice is think about, think about the idea and how you want it to be communicated and what you want to say and think about how you communicate it, I guess. Wow, Amazing I love Zoe advice. Whitley. Yeah. What a legend. Mm -hmm. She actually did a talk here during Lindsay Mendick's show mm -hmm. um, with Self Esteem and Lindsay, and she's so insightful and so wise and talented and fun as well. She's Ooh. a real laugh. I went to I love going for a drink with her and just yeah, chatting. Last she's time I just saw her, person. I just was in Chisholm House seeing the show. Yeah. And she popped out, and we ended up having a cup of tea and talking about music for ages. And it was, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And that's one thing that I didn't expect the art world to be, but actually, there are so many people in it who really just want to connect and have a nice time. Big time. We were together on the jury for the Turner Prize, mm. me and Zoe, and it was uh, an adventure. Yeah. 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 Can um, imagine. Final yeah. question, what is your favourite colour in this show? Oh, in the show? <laughs> Could it be pink? Could it be blue? Could it be putty? <laughs> no, Could it I be silver? Um, My favourite colour in this show is lilac. Really? Oh. Okay. Like the first room when you walk the first in. First room. That's yeah. my favourite colour. Because uh, brown is a given. Brown and beige are givens. Yeah. But mm. lilac is different. It's see. tender in this show as well. There's something really yeah. healing about that colour. I love it. Courtney, well, do you have a favourite colour in this show? Could it be the blue you're sat on? I've said it maybe a thousand <laughs> times. This but, is Courtney um, Mitchell, by the way. Hello. Um, but Toby Cato's. <laughs> paintings are my favorite so the color I'm actually going to pick is so rogue of me because it's actually my least favorite color to wear it's black oh wow that is not what I was expecting you to say at all beautiful yeah I mean Toby Kato's paintings I also love the element of music and sound in his work like the way it makes you feel such an atmosphere also the depths the depths of the blacks that he uses mm. there's so much black in the work but none of it it's all so vibrant they do vibrate yeah I was going and to thank say you that, Courtney yeah. for everything you've done because you're amazing that's okay um, and also Hedwig um, from BMW is in the background here also lounging because this show is the kind of thing <laughs> the carpet on the floor makes you want to lie down yeah, like yeah. It's, um, we love you so much and thank you for everything thank you've you, done Hedwig. so um, for more information on this show you can go to carlfriedman.com and you can also go to at carlfriedman on Instagram and Ronan McKenzie is at Ronan KSM. KSM on Instagram and um, at BMW Group Culture and at BMW UK. And you can also go to at Talkart to get all the details. And we're going to be posting, there's so many artists. That's why this episode's been such a feature length, incredible privilege. <laughs> People should come down and time. listen to this episode come and see to the Margo exhibition. Yeah. And see the yeah. exhibition. Yeah. So like the exhibition talk. runs from the 30th of April until the 25th of June. 25th of June. And it's free to get into. And yeah. we're open Wednesday to Sunday, 12 to 5 p.m. But if you want to come, 
on another day, Monday or Tuesday, you still can. You just have to email us at info at carlfriedman.com and then we will make an appointment for you to come because actually we're here every day of the week <laughs> and I want as many people to see it as possible. I think we're going to get record numbers to the show. It's going to be like thousands last, of visitors. The last thing I want to say is thank you so much to Rob and to Carl for letting me do this and not only letting me do this because I didn't have to ask for it but creating the space for me to do this and in turn like, through that not only have I been able to talk more about my own story but I've been able to share this space with so many artists that I'm so inspired by who deserve space and who are making work that everyone deserves to see and that's because of you guys and your trust and your passion and energy and drive for doing what you do and before i get emotional and start crying i'm just so grateful and thank you for having me on this episode thank you to bmw for <laughs> for supporting it and and supporting it in happening and I just really feel so grateful and happy. I'm also really excited about all the events we're going to be able to do, mm -hmm. like within the space, because we've got Danae Moore is going to be cooking a dinner for oh. New York Times. Yeah, we've got- In the space? In the yeah. space, yeah. Next week, we're having this very intimate dinner. We've got like Liv Little coming, the amazing um, author, which I, I bet Liv is now a best-selling author, to be honest, because their new book, um, Rosewater, just came out. And I think it's the book of the year. Um, we're going to have so many amazing creative people Including here. my mum. We might even be doing a workshop with yeah. some of the Kashmir, the BMW mm -hmm. Kashmir, and all these kind of different events that we can do there's so many yeah. possibilities isn't there for yeah, things, fun things maybe some music and that's the special thing about having a space is we can bring people together and we can share it with people yeah and we're having a party um tomorrow really? night for like 300 people yeah. at faith and strangers here in margate after the show with food and <laughs> it's going to be wild but i hope we get to do an end party as well like a closing i, that, I think I they call it a finissage finissage yeah. oh dear oh, so chic. <laughs> but we'll be back very soon thank yeah. you for listening come Thanks to margate come and see the thank show you so much. lots of love bye, bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening.